Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Judges chapter 16. Welcome to those that are returning. Welcome to you that are back for the first service. And again, of course, welcome to our online family. We're glad that we could minister through several mediums. And we're glad everybody's here. Amen. I know I hear it said and from commercials to TV stations to companies. We're going to get through this together. And the way you do that, just like with any adversity in life, you stay together. When there's a tragedy, we unite. When there's a setback in your life, people rally around you. So I found myself asking the question, we're going to get through this together. Okay, well, what does that mean? It's like the Spirit of God said, we get through it together by unifying, worshiping and praying together that we're not alone. And I don't have to figure all this out. We serve a big God. I'll stress myself out trying to fix everything. But because I can worship with God's wonderful people, you can stream online and see what we're doing in Old Town. There's a sense of unity that, okay, together with God, everything's going to be okay. Amen. And so I do take comfort of that. Again, God bless you for being here. Judges chapter 16 and verse 28. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O God, remember me, I pray thee. And strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once, O God, that I, might, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines from my two eyes. Samson is calling out and asking God for something. I'm going to preach to you this morning. I want to inspire you. I want to bring you hope on this subject. Simply refocus. Refocus. Heavenly Father, once again, I step behind a sacred desk in front of your people, physically and digitally. But I pray, God, this spirit that you've dropped into my soul this week, that somehow I could articulate our conversation, that I could tell your people what we discussed, God, and there would be an outcoming of power and hope and faith. I pray, God, there are no distractions for any of us, but that the Spirit of God would descend from heaven upon this house, upon every mobile device, upon every screen, and let God do what God wants to do. Let this prayer be so in Jesus' name. If you receive it, could you shout amen? Amen. amen. Before you're seated, put your hands together one more time. Let's give him an offering of praise with our hands. Amen, amen. Praise God. God bless you. You can be seated this morning. Judges chapter 16. We know the story of Samson. He was a mighty man. He was a man of God. He had a vow. God had earmarked his life for greatness. But Samson made some bad decisions in his life. Samson went down the wrong path a few times. He is acquainted and has relationships with three ladies. And the one mentioned here 
at the end of Samson's life is Delilah. And so although Samson was earmarked for greatness, his flesh, his desires, his drive for something else ended up derailing him. And so we find him now in Judges chapter 16. The Philistines have caught up with him. They've cut his hair, his power. They've plucked his eyes out. They have him grinding at a mill, what you would normally put an ox or a bull perhaps, grinding in a circle for the rest of his life. And we find Samson kind of coming to the end of his life, and now he's reflecting. He's refocusing on the important things. Notice here that Samson was asking for strength. Samson was not asking for his freedom back. Samson was not asking for his sight to be restored. But one more touch from God was Samson's request. He never mentions his eyes. He never mentions his view. He never mentions his plight. He only asked for the touch of God. I think he could have prayed for anything. But he wanted to feel God in this situation more than he wanted to see God. There is something about feeling the power of God. There is something about feeling an anointing in your life that God has everything in control. We are sitting here this morning in a somewhat sheltering place. It's loosened up a little bit. And maybe we're on the downhill side of COVID-19. Maybe we're not. Maybe the site is coming here in a couple of months. Maybe it's not. But we don't know exactly. But as long as in my situation, that if God will restore my strength, which is my power and my confidence in God, it may not look like it's coming together. It may not look like it's all going to wrap up. But even if I can't see what God sees, come on, somebody. I want to feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I want to feel the power of God. God, touch me one more time. Touch my home one more time. Touch my mind one more time. Let me feel you, God, if I can't see you in the midst of my situation. So I retitle my message this morning, Refocus. Samson was refocusing. And although even in your situation, you may not be able to see the end zone or the finish line, but in a moment in a time of space, you can feel it. God is doing great things, and we and I and you are a part of it. We will see things differently, no doubt, as we come back and make our way back. But although I might see something differently, my friend, can I tell you that the power of God is still the same? Hebrews 13, 8 says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The anointing of God, the power of God, the peace of God, the hope of... Come on, somebody. The hope of God, that's what God is all about. Even though I can't see with my natural eyes and I don't have an answer for tomorrow, I can assure you this one thing, that God is in control of my today and God is in control of your tomorrow. What? That's the power and the anointing and the confidence that is in God. Can you shout amen? amen. So I say yes as a pastor. I'm going to have to refocus, Brother Tony. All pastors are. We've never pastored in times like this. You've never been a believer in times like this. Our world has probably never been in situations like it's in now. 
It's a global pandemic. And even under the banner of pandemic, under the word of COVID-19, even if all that came together, the unrest and the uncertainty, and people are living in fear. But I'm here to preach as a pastor, an apostolic pastor in Old Town Temecula, to tell you the power of God is still real. If you've got the Holy Ghost and it's down in your soul, in your bosom, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. What does that mean in my world? What I'm wrestling with? what I'm going through, what I'm fearful about, what I'm uncertain about. Yes, greater is he that is in my world and in your world. So maybe in times I can't see what God's doing right now. I can feel God. That was Samson's request. Let me feel your presence one more time. God, give me that anointing, that Nazarite vow that somehow along life's road, I messed it up and I squandered it. But gone one time, God, if there's any mercy left in heaven, if there's an ounce of grace that you can drop on my life, I'm asking you that I would avenge myself against these Philistines. And he prayed that he could feel the power of God. Of all things, Luke 5, chapter 5, talks about redo what you've already done. But as the Lord has commanded, we're going to redo some things. I've done it this way. We've lived like this. We've been in this situation. But according to Luke chapter 5, I'm going to redo some things. But as the Lord has commanded it. In John chapter 21, he says to cast your nets on the other side. I want you to watch me now, somebody. In John 21, the gospel of John, Jesus says, cast your net on the other side. Those were journeymen fishermen. They knew more about fishing than Jesus the man knew about fishing. And they had done it this way before. They had cast their nets. In fact, they reply, they rebuttal his command. He says, but we've already done this. We have fished all night. We've toiled all night and we've caught nothing. But Jesus says with specific instructions, you know what? Your old routine is not going to work. You need to listen to me, the voice of God. If you'll just cast your nets over, I will show you something that you cannot find in the natural. What am I telling you, somebody, that maybe you've done it this way and this way and this way and it's not working anymore and God is preaching through your pastor this morning and he's telling you come on cast your nets on the other side and let's see what God won't do hey I'm gonna get a hold of God and maybe I didn't come towards God this way but there's something that has changed inside of me and I'm gonna take the old routine and the old instructions, and the old structure maybe, I'm going to say, come on, somewhere in the middle of that, i got to find my miracle. I need a blessing. I need an anointing. I need a word from God. I need direction from God. I need God to speak peace into my life. And even though I've done it before, I'm going to come back now and say, God, I've learned a brand new way to touch the hem of your garment. I never thought about it this way before. What are we doing? We are refocusing our commitment to God and the things of God and the kingdom of God. And the longer that we're at a church, I suited up this morning. I told my wife, I'm wearing a suit and tie because I'm coming to do business with Jesus. I haven't put a tie on in three months. I almost had to YouTube how to tie my tie. But I said, no, I think I can figure it out. It took me a little longer, but I'm going to church in a suit and tie. Why? Because I'm going to get in the presence of God. We've been away from the Shekinah glory of God collectively. And now it's time for me to refocus on what God's trying to do. And for some of you that are here and even you're watching online, 
Maybe in the three months or so of your walk with God, it's been a little trying and you've been on your own and you've become an intimate relationship where, where David said, hey, I've encouraged myself in the Lord. Say, I get it, David. That backstory of David quoting that is when they went back into Ziklag and with his men and the wives and the children were taken and the enemy burned down Ziklag and the men turned against David to kill him and to stone him. When David said, hey, I've heard from God, let's chase the enemy. They come back home and their city's destroyed. And so they pick up rocks to kill David. That's the atmosphere. David said, oh, I had to encourage myself in the Lord. And maybe the last three months you had to deep reach deep into who you are and reach deep back in some experiences that you had with God. And you've been casting your net on the other side, looking and waiting to hear a voice in the supernatural. Well, I'm here to preach to somebody. I'm validating you. Yes, you are a part of the body of Christ. Yes, you are a part of this wonderful church in Old Town Temecula. And don't ever think anything beyond that. A thought that would take you down a different path, I'm telling you right now, is from the enemy of your soul. You've got to reject those thoughts. You've got to reject those voices and say, hey, look what the Lord hath done. He healed my body. He he touched my mind. He saved me just in time. I'm refocusing on the power of God. Someone shout yes. yes. Gospel of Matthew chapter 11. Jesus says, come unto me. Weary, heavy laden, my burden is light and I will give you rest. If life is making you weary, perhaps you're serving the wrong God, little G. If life is making you weary, perhaps you're looking for answers in another direction because you've grown weary in the three months of self-isolation, trying to get a word from God. This church does a great job in the leadership and everybody that's trying to help us stream and get the gospel out to encourage you. But I understand we've never lived for God in isolation. I've never tried to have the pastor people from the internet digitally talking into a camera. Like It's not like I can see you face to face. Thank you for those of you that are here today. I bless you. It's nice to look out and get a live amen and a hallelujah and say, hey, come on, we're together. We're going to figure this out. We're going to refocus. Hey, but no weapon formed against me and my family shall prosper, saith the Lord of hosts. Woo! So why is refocusing necessary? In the course of nature, the year is the repeating of what has already been. Winter, spring, summer, fall, and it repeats itself every year. The blossoming of flowers and the withering away. The rebirth of the natural and it's dying. It's the same progression, the same replaying of what already was. And we wonder, and I've seen memes of if 2020 was a year. And you've seen all of these funny memes. And yep, I saw one and I've seen it before. Just here a couple days ago, a little boy sliding down the slide on a cheese grater. If 2020 was a slide, amen to that. Someone posted a meme and said, hey, the most nonsense, useless purchase I made last year was a 2020 calendar. <laughs> Amen to that. If 2020 were a year, and I'm sure you got a host of memes and some of those make me laugh. But it's a continual. And I got to thinking, we're at the halfway point. 
I guess technically June 30th is the halfway point of 2020. But Brother Tony, I'm preaching a message as I conversated with God. I felt like I'm preaching a New Year's Day message. Renew resolutions. Of what kind of year will it be? You see, the nature of nature is to repeat. Just as we live by nature as creatures of habit, we gravitate towards doing that which we've always done. The same routines, the same protocols, the same courses in our life. And if we're not careful, if we go back to the same routine, some of our same routines are not good things to go back to. One thing about this pandemic and this absent from the house of God is that it's allowed us to think about some things. That's refocusing. What is important? What do I want to allow back into my life? And as we sit and we ponder, and I saw this quote here I wanted to share with you. It says, in the rush to return to normal, use this time to consider which parts of normal are worth rushing back to. Dave Hollis, I thought, amen to that. If there are some things that you've had in your life, that this pandemic time of space, the pause button that God maybe has placed upon this world to think about what is the most important thing. If I parallel my life with Samson, I do know this, Sister Yever, that Samson felt, you know what, out of all of my life and my mess-ups and my glory, I just want to feel God. Nothing compares or stacks up to the voice of God or the hand of God, or the anointing of God, or the favor of God. Or, come on now. And so Samson concludes, as I start to refocus, I just want to feel God. And so in the quote there by Dave Hollis, I have to ask myself and ask us as a church, what will be your new normal? Your new normal as a dad, as a mother, the new normal in your walk with God, your relationship with the kingdom. I think we've all realized that we could probably live on less. We're sheltered in. We don't always have a lot of groceries in our house. It's just two of us. And we went grocery shopping here a while back, and we stocked up the groceries, and the kids came over, and our full grocery List in the refrigerator looks like their refrigerator when they need to go shopping. Hey, are you going? No, I just went. Really? But man, we ate everything down to the nub, what was left, so we didn't have to go. What's for dinner? I don't know. Green beans? What else? That's it. Okay, warm them up. Can you at least put a little pepper on them? Do I have to eat them out of the can? Can you pour it in a bowl? So a lot of things you just kind of wait, wait, wait in the grocery list or whatever. I got to get gas. I, okay, I, I haven't gone anywhere. I don't need to take my clothes to the cleaners. But somewhere in all of that, I, I kind of think you, we've saved a lot of money, haven't we? And now our bank accounts maybe are 10 or $20 fuller than they were before. But I'm talking about a new normal for me, for you when we come back. And maybe when all the protocols and the social distancing are loosened up and 
Maybe as far as on paper, they're back to normal. And maybe the confidence of people and consumer purchasing and moving around is, is back to normal. What thing in your life? Look at that. Are you saying, you know what? I don't really want to go back to that. That was a distraction in my life, and I've kind of weaned myself off that, and I haven't been doing that for the last six weeks or eight weeks, and I kind of learned a new way, and I don't want that to be a part of my life. I don't want that to be a part of who we are anymore, and if I'm going to be somewhat like Samson, i got to segue in. Hey, what about some things with the kingdom of God in the way that I've drifted maybe in the busyness, in the hustle and bustle, and the living life at 100 miles an hour? I'm going to refocus I'm going to do things a little different. I'm going to amp up some things in some areas that maybe got a little deficient and drifted out to sea and say, no, 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 this is who I am. This is the very core and the essence of Tom Durant, and I am not letting this thing go now that I brought it back into my life during this pandemic, and I'm challenging us this morning. What have you noticed in your life? Because you have a lot of time. I mean, how many among us have watched everything on Netflix? and Hulu, and whatever. I must confess, last night, my wife comes in, and I'm like laying on the couch. And it's gotten so bad, I was, Anthony, I was watching arm wrestling. <laughs> Give me a break. I mean, the guys are buff. I've never watched arm wrestling in my life. And when we get back to things, I'm not going to bring that back into my life anyway. But my point is, life has slowed completely down. And as we start to gear back up, it's kind of like, let me give it to you this way on a more of a spiritual note. How many of you among us have been on a Daniel's diet? Okay. Now, I didn't say if you like the Daniel's diet. I just said, have you been on one? Okay. And a Daniel's diet is pretty much a vegan diet. Okay. If it doesn't come out of the ground, you don't eat it. That's the simple version. But I've been on several Daniel diets, 21 days, 10 days, a lot of them, okay? Several. I'd say four or five. I don't want to exaggerate. But as I come off those Daniel diets, Brother Tony, I feel like my body is somehow like sanctified. I didn't defile it with greasy, junky foods. And I remember having the feeling that coming back, do I want to put this back into my body? I don't put a lot of things in my body because I'm a diabetic. I get teased about that. I put chia seeds in. I put sunflower seeds in. Uh, that's about it. Not really. But I, I kind of get the feeling in my spiritual walk with God that as I come back into the Holy of Holies with God and maybe society and social distancing and protocols and restaurants and grocery stores and all these things kind of open back up. But what am I going to do now that I have been isolated? looking for my own relationship with God. And, and how do I sustain myself with, with power in my life? And now that I've figured this out, some things I think you should not let back into your life. If anything distracts you from God, if anything becomes a barrier between you and God, I'm not going to say that thing in itself is sin, but if you put anything between you and God and there's a barrier between you and Him and your relationship with God is fractured, then if you're not careful, that one thing can cause you to lose out with God. And then if you lose out with God, then it becomes sin. Are you with me? And so I want to make sure as I've drawn closer to God, 
And I want to make sure as I've kind of snuggled up into the holy of holies that anything that was in my life that maybe slowed me down or maybe discouraged me to be highly motivated to deepen my relationship with God, I've purposed in my heart, I'm not letting you back into my life. I've lived without you for three months, two months, six weeks, and I'm doing just fine. And so I'm refocusing. I'm refocusing my life, and I'm asking us to refocus in the way that the world repeats things. But the way of God is not a repeat. It's a newness, and it's a change, and it's a rebirthing. And we know God can change us, and we know God can change people. I'm just asking, you're watching online, if you're watching this at a later date, look at your life and begin to grade things in your life and say, you know what? These things are not coming back in my life. And this thing I'm bringing more attention to, and I'm rearranging the priority list. And I'm preaching to you, if you're streaming this morning, to go back into who you are and say, hey, when I first came in contact with God, here was my list. The longer I've lived for God, my list have got a little fuzzy, but I'm going to refocus now. I'm going to look at what is important as Samson did. Hey, the only thing I want right now is to feel the anointing and the power and the touch of God. I'm not worried about my sight. I'm not worried about grinding at the mill. I'm not worried about my mistakes. I'm not worried about my scars. But God, if you're up there somewhere, give me the power just one more time. I pray thee that you hear the voice of a servant this morning, God. Help us to refocus for that power one more time. And so God is wanting us to very carefully choose the items that we are bringing back into our world, into our circle, and into our bubble. What is important? Spiritual refocus is number one, faith. Hebrews eleven six. but without faith, it's impossible to please God. Spiritual refocus is holiness. What is holiness? Holiness sensitizes us to the same things which God is sensitive to. God sensitized me. You see, what the world naturally does is desensitize. Things, shows, commercials, options, pleasures, events, a lot of it is counter intuitive to a sensitive relationship with God. God, if I'm going to refocus, I want you to help me become holy. I'm going to refocus my priorities. Our priorities always expose our values. We refocus to God's priorities. When I refocus, I'm going to refocus my love. Godly love causes us to focus on what is best for those around us. Hear me. My message is refocus. I'm giving you some starting points for you to begin to refocus. I'm going to refocus on my calling, embracing my calling. I'm called to be a servant. Romans 1, Paul says that we're called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. I'm refocusing them. I'm called to prayer, our connection to God flowing in God's stream of consciousness. I'm refocusing. What are you doing? I'm refocusing on the scripture. The scripture is our connection with God. 
flowing and living out of his instruction. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And it pierces and it cuts and it divides the joints and the marrow. The discerning of my thoughts and my intent, of my heart. What is that? That's the scripture. You see, when you get into the scripture, it judges me. That's okay. Because you see, I haven't done anything wrong. But if the scripture, the spirit, cuts and discerns the thoughts and the intent of my heart, I I, got to take care of that. Because I want to be pure and holy. And I want to think I am, but if he's thinking something different, then I've erred. What are you doing? I'm just trying to refocus. I, I want to be, brother, because I want to be, as we kind of come back, I, I, I want to be a little holier. I want to be a little more sensitive to the Spirit, God. If my business in Southern California has clouded my relationship with you, God, make some things known to me. What am I doing? I'm refocusing. I think we all in that situation. As I reflect, I'm asking the Holy Ghost to highlight those areas that we need to refocus in. I'm asking the Holy Ghost to give us a revelation for us to just to relax and allow the Spirit to deal with us honestly and to help us to refocus. Today, I want us to step out of our old ways, our old habits, our old routines. And all I'm asking you to do is just to refocus. Not everything in my life needs to be refocused and changed. But maybe there's a few things, Brother Tony, that have just crept in. And as God has slowed life down, I've noticed some things. But I'm just refocusing. You see, the, the goal is to take my family and snuggle up against the Holy of Holies, the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament, and just live right there. I may have to do some things I've never done before. You might have to. You might have to. I'm challenging you today. Let's come out of adversity. Let's come out of uncertain times. Let's purpose in our heart. I'm going to be better. Our church is going to be stronger and loving and purpose-driven. I'm going to be a better household for God. I'm like Samson. God, anoint my home one more time. God, anoint my calling one more time. If you're able to stand with me this morning, would you? Perhaps you're watching online. If you're in a position that you can stand, would you just stand? I want you to be an extension of this church. If you could stand too. The power of a simple declaration. what I'm going to lead us in this morning. 
Lord, I am refocusing my life. I declare. I gratefully receive your forgiveness. I turn away from my wrong thinking and behavior. I will diligently seek your blessing. What am I doing? I'm starting to refocus with a declaration. I'm establishing this today. God, I'm grateful and I receive your forgiveness. I turn away from my wrong thinking and behavior. I will diligently seek your blessing. That's where we're going. That's the goal. That's the mission. That's the vision. I'm going to pray for us. And when I conclude with prayer, the praise team will lead us into a worship course and you can just linger and sit and in the presence of God for a few minutes. I'm going to ask the ushers to help us to maintain social distancing so we're not clustering going out the door, but going to make our way out. The ushers will help you out. But all I'm just asking, when my prayer is done, can we just maybe stand and receive and ponder? And then when you feel that you've connected to God, that would conclude your portion of the service and We'll lock the doors as we get closer and we'll disinfect and the next group will come in. We're challenged here, folks. I'm learning as I go. I don't want to rush you out of the presence of God, but we've got another group of people we've got to figure out. So maybe just don't rush out in 60 seconds. Take a few minutes and they're going to sing in praise and I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, this morning, God, I pray for a revelation of refocusing. The declaration, God, that we offer to you this morning that we receive your forgiveness. I will turn from my bad thinking and behavior and I will look for the blessing that is in root. I'm excited. I'm anxiously awaiting the Samson power, God, that we pray for. I don't see it. I'm confused. This world is kind of imploding on me, but God, if I could just feel your presence as I sleep. God, if I could just doze off tonight, maybe with a tear in my eye, knowing, okay, you're there. I feel your presence. And I sleep through the night and I wake up refreshed in my body, soul, and spirit. I make a declaration, God, I need a fresh anointing from above. The three months have been trying and weary. I've not been in a worship service. I've not felt the spiritual synergy. But today, God, I feel the power. I don't see the end zone. I don't see the finish line. But I want an anointing once again. I pray the Spirit of God upon every one of us in the name of Jesus. Receive it, my friend. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.